0: Please follow along and have your eyes on Scripture. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 20. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples and behold Jesus met them and said greetings and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him and then Jesus said to them do not be afraid go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me verse 11 while they were going behold some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place and when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said tell people This, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age.
1: This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, Popper Bluff. How are we feeling, huh? This is the way that we do church. And today Billy Graham said it and today we declare it, that there's been more buildings built, there's been more paintings painted, there's been more books written, and there's been more songs sung to one man. And today you join arms with 2.3 billion people across the globe who declare and worship one man. You see, there was not even a concept of resurrection in any religion or even in a pagan philosophy until the second century. You see, 2.3 billion people gather across the world over the next 24 hours to declare that there was a man who was crucified by the Roman government and that he died and that his body was put into a tomb and three days later the tomb was empty. That's what we celebrate today. And as one famous philosopher, atheist said, if he was going to dismantle Christianity and if he was going to attack it, he would aim for the resurrection. And he said, because it is the hinge on which everything that Christians believe hangs on. You see, today, we do not say that the resurrection is a part of Christianity. Today, we say that the resurrection is the very heart of Christianity. And there's only a couple responses that you can have to this today. There's only a few things that you can do with this news. And there's common responses. The first one is always to try to disprove it. And what's funny is people always put Christians into a corner and they always say, you need to prove the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, we have recorded in Roman history that this man was crucified by the Roman government and then three days later, we had a little situation on our hands because that body was gone. He gone. He ain't here, right? And so the burden of proof is not upon Christians to prove the resurrection, but rather the burden of proof is up on you to try and disprove that. And then secondly, it's not to just try to disprove it, but it's trying to dilute it. And so oftentimes people say, well, I don't know about a physical resurrection, right? This is the Jesus that I call is the lost member of the Beach Boys, right? Blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus, and giving the peace sign. He's probably wearing hemp sandals or something like that, right? And people always try to dilute the message and say, well, I don't know about a physical resurrection, but I mean, he probably rose spiritually and there was probably some fairies and some dust and stuff around and rainbows and skittles. And that was really cool, right? No, 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 friends. See, the problem with that is the historical account that was just read to you. For it was not read to you like a fairy tale. Names were mentioned. Locations were mentioned. There was a historicity to the story that was read to you. So there's no way that you can dilute this message. You don't have the option to do that. And then the last common response to the resurrection is trying to distance yourself from it. And I must say that today you're doing a very poor job of that because you're at church, right? It's so hard that every couple times of year when it comes to Christmas and it comes to Easter, all of a sudden the History Channel and the TV and the news and everybody tries to deal with this man named Jesus who lived over in the Middle East over 2,000 years ago and the world cannot escape this man. No matter what they try to do, two times a year, every single year, you're confronted with this news. Last year, we gathered in this very place, and we asked the question, what if the resurrection is true? And we said, if the resurrection is true, then it requires a response from you. That if Jesus Christ rose from the grave, he has no interest in being your consultant, but he is the king of the cosmos. And that it requires a response. But this year, we're asking this question not what if, but what now? You see, I think oftentimes we declare on Sunday morning and on Easter Sunday morning that this news is good and that Jesus rose from the grave. But I know what you're thinking. I got an electric bill, bro. I got a mortgage. I got houses. I got babies to feed. My marriage is on the rocks. I got a secret addiction. How does this news, to boots on the ground, practicality, how does it affect my life? If Jesus rose, then what now? What am I supposed to do about this? And the beautiful thing about that is the answer is actually in our text today. See, listen, here's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in what God's Word says, not what this ball-headed, tattooed preacher's got to say, Okay. So all of my points and everything that I'm going to discuss with you today, you should be able to go, yeah, that's right there. That's in verse 4. And what's interesting is, is when the two Marys run to the tomb on that Easter Sunday, they encounter the angel. And the angel actually gives the answer to what now. Look in verses 6 and 7, the angel responds and says this, He is not here, for he has risen as he said he would come see the place where he lay then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead do you see there's four words in that in those scriptures that i want you to see it says come see the place where he lay then go and tell these four words would summarize all of jesus christ's ministry Come and see, now go and tell. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, come, see, go, tell. Come, see, go, tell. Come, see, go, tell. Come, see, go, tell. Listen, you're going to leave here today and you might not like what I have to say, but you're not going to ask, what did he say, okay? Come, see, go, tell. So that has another question for us. What are we coming and seeing And what am I going and telling? Here's the big idea today. If this could slide into your DMs, and if you could put this on your Twitter feed, it's this. If the resurrection is true, then come see the evidence and go tell your experience. Come and see the evidence and then go and tell your experience. And so we have to ask the question, what evidence... What are you talking about when you say, come and see the evidence? Well, it's like I said, in Matthew 28, and no matter who you are, and if you're a scholar that has more degrees than Fahrenheit, everybody has to agree that all of the Gospels are not written like fairy tales. They are historical accounts, biographies, if you will, of the life of Jesus Christ. They mention names. They mention locations. They mention his followers messing up and running away and being afraid. And I don't know about you, but if I was making up a religion about myself, I would not show that my followers left me hanging at the cross and ran away, okay? So when we read these historical accounts, we have to examine and see what is there. And no matter who you are, all scholars agree there are three major evidences of the resurrection that are in our text and also in world history. The very first thing that we have to come and see, what evidence are we coming and seeing is this, the crucifixion. For you see in your text, the angel said, the Jesus who was crucified. Now, we can't celebrate Easter Sunday until we have first gone through Good Friday, And the reason why we call it good is because an innocent man was nailed to the wood. But before I get into any of that, crucifixion was perfected by the Roman government. We have this in history books. That the Roman government perfected torture for anybody who did not declare Caesar to be Lord and God. And so we know that Jesus Christ was flogged and beat with the whip. That he had a crown of thorns placed upon his head, mocking him. And then actually history tells us that Jesus was not pierced through his hands. But actually science would consider the wrist to be a part of the hand. Because if railroad spikes were pierced through his hand, then his hands would have ripped on the cross. But rather Jesus had nails through his wrists and through his feet. And actually when Jesus carried the cross through the streets. He wasn't carrying the full cross, he was carrying the cross bar that weighed probably close to a hundred pounds. And when the gospels record when he fell on his chest, that most health physicians would agree that he probably suffered a chest contusion when he fell. Then, as he is there being crucified, crucifixion is death by asphyxiation. You suffocate. And each time to hold and to take a breath, you have to pull yourself up on that old, dirty, blood-stained cross. You see, everyone agrees that Jesus Christ was crucified. That is of no question. The question is, why? Why did they kill this man? I mean, think about it. Did they kill him because he fed 5,000 people from a kid's Lunchable? Probably not. I mean, oh no, he healed a blind man. Crucify him, right? Nobody's got a problem with that. But when Jesus turns to the crowds and says, if you've seen me, then you've seen God. They had a problem. You see, many of you are in here and you're asking, what do you believe in Christianity? I mean, what do you believe about all of this? And this is what we believe. We believe in God the Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And we believe that this God is good and that he created everything out of his goodness and his kindness. And God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit were in a relationship. So before there was nothing, there wasn't something. Before there was nothing, there was someone and there was a relationship. And this relationship spilled out on the canvas of creation. And in the book of Genesis it says everything that God created was good and it was good and it was good and it was good. And then God created our first parents Adam and Eve in his image and likeness but our first parents believed the lie that every human being still believes to this day you see they believe that instead of worshiping God that they could be their own God you see that's the fundamental problem with everybody in this room it's not your crazy uncle and it's not your spouse and it's not your boss and it's not this that and the other the problem that you and I have is that we want to be God If you don't believe me, just show me your calendar. Show me your checkbook. Show me how you live your life. Do you live it as one who is under authority or as one who is in ultimate authority? And when Adam and Eve went around God rather than to God, the scriptures teach that sin entered into the world and fractured everything. That's why when we turn on the news and we see brokenness, and we see the human condition and it's constantly trying to be diagnosed and it's education or it's healthcare or it's the government or this is going to be the answer the problem will always remain the same is that we are broken internally but this God he is so good that even though his creation rebelled against him he came in the form of a human being Jesus Christ put on he left angels singing to him holy 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 and came to this earth where people yelled crucify him, crucify him, crucify him and as the scriptures teach in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God, you see friends before we get to Easter we got to pass through Friday and here's the news we killed God you and I The blood is upon our hands. For we are not born righteous. We are not born perfect. We are born broken individuals. If you don't believe me, just spend time around a toddler. I don't know, you know. It's amazing. I never had to teach my kids to throw a fit and to whine out in the floor. They've never seen me do that before, right? We are broken individuals. And this God, Jesus Christ... Took on our sin and he bore it upon the cross and friends, he died. Oh, listen to me. Jesus, like, he didn't have low blood sugar like your granny and need to drink a Diet Coke. He didn't, like, that wasn't the issue. Jesus Christ died. And a spear was stuck into his side and his body was wrapped and he was put into a tomb. And what we believe about Christianity and all through the scriptures is that it says, and out of the goodness and kindness and the power of God the Father, that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. That's what we believe. And so you have to examine the evidence of the crucifixion. But not just that. The second thing is the female eyewitnesses. Where's all my single ladies at? Uh-oh, uh, uh, right? Ladies, this is a good look for you today. Do you know who comes to see Jesus? The ladies. Do you know who stays with Jesus at the cross? The ladies. Only one dude stuck around. Everybody else ran and got afraid, right? Some of you ladies are like typical man. Okay, right? But here's why this is important to understand. We, listen, the Bible wasn't written in a Western context. It's under a Roman Greco culture. And back then, a woman's account was not trustworthy in court. They could not bear an eyewitness account. So again, if this story is being made up, and if it is a fairy tale, and people are dying for it, the thing that I wouldn't do is, I would not say that the lower class, the marginalized, the outcasts, The socioeconomically poor were the first ones to witness the resurrection. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't entrust that. But it's just like God to work this way. And so you have to deal with yeah, this isn't a fairy tale. Because if it is a fairy tale, that wouldn't even hold up in court. And do you know what's crazy how we can bridge the application now to your life? Listen, if these women who were marginalized back in the day and praise God for the cross of Jesus Christ, but now if these women were the first ones to have access to Jesus, then that tells me today that anybody can come to Jesus Christ. That anybody can come. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your background is. Listen to me. I don't care what you did last night. Anybody can come to Christ. Black, white, brown, green, gay, straight. I don't care. I want you to come to Christ. Anyone can come. And this is good news for us. No message, no religion in the world has an open door as big as Christianity. And the evidence shows us in the crucifixion and then in the female eyewitnesses. But the ultimate thing is this, the empty tomb. We got a problem, right? I mean, did you see how they tried to handle it in the story? This is great. In verse 11, while they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city, And told the chief priest all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel. They gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers. Later on in the chapter Jesus gives the great commission. This is the great cover up right. Now we have a problem on our hands. That we even know that the Roman government tried to hide this. Because his body's gone. Friends. His body's gone. So they try to make up a story. They try to say, oh, he wasn't really dead. Well, there's no way that someone could be crucified for six hours and not really die. They say that his disciples stole his body. But that actually couldn't take place because it tells us that Pontius Pilate sent soldiers to guard the tomb. And if you failed under Pontius Pilate, then you got your head cut off. So those soldiers would have defeated the apostles trying to steal the body. Listen, friends, this is what separates Christianity from all other religions in the world. And we have this recorded by a Roman historian. His name is Josephus. He recorded what the Jewish history was taking place in the time of Rome. Josephus records That Jesus' body was not in the tomb. And it caused a little bit of a situation. You see, friends, this is the line in the sand for us. This is the line in the sand for the evidence. For all other religions in the world today, Judaism claims 65 million followers. Their founder, Abraham. You can go to his memorial there in Haran. 65 million people, his body is buried there. Islam claims 1 billion followers. You can go to Saudi Arabia and you can see where Muhammad, who claimed to be a prophet of God, his body is buried. His bones are there. Buddhism claims 520 million followers. You can go to India and you can see Buddha's grave. Also, you can, Mormonism, Joseph Smith, the founder of the cult, claims 15 million followers. You can go to where his grave is and where his bones are. But come on, somebody, I'm about to get amped up because Christianity doesn't have a holy place. You can go over there, and there's a couple of sites the church of the holy scepter, or you can go to the garden tomb. But outside each one of those sites is a sign that says, He is not here for He has risen. All of those other men are dead and their bones are buried. Jesus Christ is alive. So come and see the evidence you have to take this serious because the Bible says that we have to. And that's why Christianity spread. Did you know that only 300 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that in this chapter, the followers of Christ are only a couple of hundred people at this time. And that in 300 years, the majority of the population of the Roman Empire claimed to worship Jesus, no other religion in the history of mankind has ever spread like that. Why? Because Jesus Christ is alive. We don't have a centralized holy place, but rather this news come see. Now we get to the next part, go and tell. Now that you've examined this evidence, now you have to go and you tell of your experience because friends, listen, I could be here all day. And I could show you all of the evidence and all of the head knowledge that you need. But what changes a person and for someone to love Jesus is that it drops from their head into their heart. Oh yes, the doorway to the heart is the mind. And there is a plenty of evidence, but this is something that you have to experience. And what are we experiencing? The first thing that you experience is this. It's the intimacy of Jesus. Oh, there's no one like Jesus. Because you see that when Mary and them saw Jesus, they fell and they kissed his feet. And that Jesus says, fear not. But there's good news here for you today. Listen, friends, in our day and age in 2019 with social media, we are more connected and technologically advanced than any people ever in the history of mankind. And now we are more aware of depression and mental illness is as high as it's ever been. And we are all longing to be loved. But here's your greatest fear. Your greatest fear is that you cannot be fully loved. Because if you're fully known, then nobody will fully love you. And I'm here to tell you today, there's only Jesus. There's only Jesus who fully knows. He fully knows everything, but yet looks you in the eye and fully loves you at the same time. Listen, we're in a small town. I know what it's like. Some of you are so ashamed to even go to the grocery store and shop because you get stares because of the divorce or because of this or because of that. And you say, there's no way that I can be loved. But friends, I'm here to tell you today that sin is not so powerful, that the love of Jesus is more powerful than any sin or anything that you could ever imagine. It is only Jesus who offers that type of intimacy. Do you know that love? Have you experienced that love? But here's the thing about Jesus. It's not just the intimacy of Jesus. It's the authority of Jesus. You see what he says at the end of the chapter? All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. I mean, it's a wrap after that. He could have just stopped, right? I mean, all authority in heaven and on earth has been uh, given to me. You know, the past three days, they've been a little busy. You know, I was crucified. Um, I died, I rose again, and now I'm the Lord of the cosmos. And so I've been pretty busy scheduled these past couple of weeks, but now all authority, do you know where, what word we get from the root word authority? Author, author. And friends, the greatest lie in society today is that you write your own story. No, no. Social media, you have your own story. You have this, you have that. And you write your own story. We as Christians, we don't have a biography. As Christians, we have a testimony. A biography is what you have accomplished. A testimony is what Jesus Christ has accomplished for you. So you don't write your own story as a Christian, but you live under the authority of Jesus Christ. And I know what some of you are saying, great, it's that authority word again. I mean, if there's a dirty word in our culture today, it is submission and it is authority, right? But listen, the news of, some of you were told a lie. Listen, the news of Christianity is not behave. That's not our message, Our message is not behave and then God will love you. Some of you grew up with the idea that to be a Christian is to not drink, cuss, or chew or go with girls that do. And that's hard to do from Ridley County. You know what I'm saying? I'm kidding. I married a girl from Ridley County. It's all right, right? That's behavior. That's behavior. It's not behave, but there's a word. Oh man, there's a word that's repeated five times in our text. And it's not behave, it's behold, behold. Look at the risen God. Behold, it's not behave, but behold, look at Jesus. And Christianity is not, if I behave, then God will love me. Christianity is this, God loves me because of Christ. Now my behavior changes. And so, as Christians, we say, My money is not mine. My time is not mine. My sexuality is not defined by me, but I live under the story and the authority of Jesus Christ. See, you can't make Jesus something that he's not. And Jesus has no interest in being a consultant, Jesus is a king. Come and see the evidence, and that evidence gives you an experience. And you need to go and tell it. And you tell people about the intimacy of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, that it's not my life now, but it is his. But the last thing that you tell is of the responsibility of Jesus. You see, Jesus gives us marching orders in this text. He tells us to go make disciples of all nations. Do you know what we are not? Listen, at Westside, we are not interested in you coming in here today and only getting an emotional experience and us never seeing you again. I could give a rip about decisions. Our game and our charge is to make disciples. That's what we want. We want disciples who create disciples who create disciples. Listen, bro, Christianity ain't Burger King. You are not getting it your way, okay? Jesus is the Lord of the cosmos. And he says, make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And do you know what's so scary to me in Popper Bluff when it comes to the intimacy of Jesus? That so many people think they're believers. Because in Popper Bluff, in a 10-mile radius, you have a Dollar General, a Mexican restaurant, and a car dealership, right? I mean, we've got them everywhere. And to add to that list is churches And what many of you think in here today is proximity to Jesus equals intimacy with Jesus. No. And just because you're Gaga and your grandma and your baby boo boo and your daddy and your mama and they're Christians and they're believers does not make you a follower of Christ. But as Jesus says, that you must be born again. And so just because you are in proximity to everything that's taking place does not equal intimacy with Jesus. And when we fall under the intimacy and the authority, we have a responsibility to to tell people. And this is what I'm so burdened about. Many of us are so amped to go overseas and to give clean water. And we believe that missions is global. But you've never had a conversation with your grandfather. You live in a house with someone who doesn't know your experience and you've never told them. But you'll go on a mission trip across the globe. Listen, we believe the responsibility is not just across the globe, it's across the street. That you as a believer now have a responsibility to share your experience. So as we close today... When we come, in just a moment, we're going to partake in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. But before we do that, I need to ask you two questions. The first one is this. Have you examined the evidence? Here's one thing I always say. Big questions, they require big work. So look up here, don't tell me that you don't believe in the reliability of the scripture or you're not sure about Jesus because you watched a five minute YouTube video of a guy playing Fortnite living in his mom's basement. That's not credible. Come and examine the evidence. Big questions, they require big work. Have you actually laid it all out in front of you and said, I have to reckon with this? If this is true, then it changes everything. Have you examined the evidence? And lastly this. Have you experienced resurrection power? Have you experienced resurrection power? Oh, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that if Jesus was dead on Friday and on Saturday, and many of you are living in Friday and in Saturday, and you say the marriage is done, the relationship with the kids is done, the addiction, it's too powerful. I cannot overpower this. But listen to me. The resurrection tells us that what was dead on Friday is alive on Sunday. And that Jesus Christ, the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead can give life to our mortal bodies and that comes from submission from bowing the knee that's the experience you see dear friends many people want jesus as a consultant but when you come and see the evidence you realize that he is king and the only response that you give to kings is that you lay your sword in front of them and you bow a knee That is the posture of a Christian. In just a moment, we are gonna read the Lord's Prayer out loud together as a confession for us. Those of you who are baptized followers of Jesus Christ, we want you to come forward. There's gonna be people up here. There's gonna be people back in the wings with the body of Christ and the cup of salvation. If you are a baptized follower of Jesus Christ, we want you to celebrate today. For he's not dead. He is risen just as he said. But if you have questions and you don't know about that, I still want you to come to those same people. And when you come up, you can say to those people, I would like someone to pray for me. Please, 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 Popper Bluff, do not leave this place without at least being prayed for today. And say, I don't want to go into the details, but this is the situation and it's killing me. These people want to pray for you. Again, if you are a baptized follower of Jesus Christ, celebrate and partake in the body and the blood of Jesus. If you are not and you have questions about that, come and speak to these same people. Because the big idea is before us. If the resurrection is true, then I have to come and see the evidence. And I have to go and tell of my experience. So Papa Bluff, would you stand to your feet, direct your attention to the screen. And lift your voice as loud as you can today. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in this place. We've done all that we can. We've examined the evidence. And there's so many people in here today, God, that it's in their head. But Spirit, we are asking that it would drop from their head into their heart. And only you can do that. Only the Spirit of God can do that in this place today. So we invite you, God, to come to change lives, please. God, we believe that grandkids and kids' lives will forever be changed because mom and dad came down at Easter 2019 and somebody prayed for them and that somebody's life would be changed because before Easter at the Coliseum in 2019, the addiction was so strong in my life or I was a workaholic and somebody prayed for me and I bowed my knee. God, let that happen today. And let those people leave here and go and tell of the experience. Jesus Christ, you are risen just as you said. And if that's true, then everything changes. Holy Spirit, have your way with us as we pray this all in the holy, in the resurrected, in the not dead, but alive, the alpha, the omega, the beginning. And the end, Jesus Christ, our King. Amen. Come forward today as you feel led.